Hey folks, welcome to the House of Kraus. We're getting ready for fall around here, back to school, all that stuff. So we're not going to take a lot of your time. It's a quick show this week, but it's a good one. My guest is Stan Lee. He's one of the architects of the wildly popular Marvel Universe. He created Spider-Man, the Hulk, the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Daredevil, uh, Thor, the X-Men, and many, many others. Over 300 characters. Of course, you can't go to a movie theater now without seeing one of his characters on the big screen. He's had a renaissance. He's 93 years old. He's still out there, although not for much longer. He tells me in this interview that he's cutting way back on his travel schedule. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but it was really interesting to talk to this guy. The word legend gets thrown around quite often. But in this case, I think it really applies. I know he's not an actual legend. I know that he exists in the real world. He's not a myth, but he's legendary. He's a guy who has really helped to shape pop culture over the 70 years that he's been writing for the comics. If you think of the characters, if you think of the situations, if you think of the spin-offs, I grew up watching Spider-Man cartoons, Kids today are watching Spider-Man movies. I mean, the, the intergenerational pull that his work has had is really quite astounding. And it was a pleasure to sit down and talk to him about it. Now, it took quite a while to set this interview up. And when we finally did the interview, he wasn't sure of my name. But I thought I'd leave that in there because it shows a little bit of the humor of the guy. Here's Stan Lee talking about superheroes, talking about life, talking about lots of stuff. Enjoy. Hello. Hello, Mr. Lee. Hey, Victor. How are you? Uh, it's Richard, actually. Pardon me? It's Richard. <laughs> His name is Richard, not Victor. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire my secretary. It's all right. <laughs> no need Hi, Richard. Uh, very great to speak to you. Thank you so much for taking some time. Oh, you're very welcome. What can I do for you? Well, I'm based in Toronto. You're going to be here this week. And they're telling me that this is your, your see you later to Canada. Will you do other visits after this one? I don't think so. Not to Toronto again. It's too, it, I'm getting a little too old, I think, to keep traveling around so much to so far away. And I decided um, I have this trip to Toronto, which is very important to me. Then I have one to New York. And I think after that, I'll just go to places that are nearby or I just won't go at all. Well, we're, we're very excited about having you uh, come here. Couple That's of good to hear. A couple of questions in advance of your trip. Do you look at comic books and superheroes as being the modern equivalent of fairy tales? Good versus evil, clear morality, all that kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. Especially the fact, you know, in fairy tales, most of them have people or objects, people mostly, that are bigger than life. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have giants, you have wizards, you have witches, you have all sorts of things that are, as I say, bigger than life, and that if they were a movie, they'd require special effects. So to me, comic books are like fairy tales for older readers because they have all the elements that fairy tales had, all the elements of fantasy, but they're written for older readers, who, and they're written in such a way that everything seems plausible and possible. 
Do you think that we, the world, needs superheroes now more than ever, even maybe when you first started writing about them? Well, I think the world needs something to make it a little more peaceful and a little more thoughtful of others. And if superheroes help to do that, I'm very happy. I know the world needs entertainment very badly. People need to have things that they enjoy, pleasant things. And so many people seem to love comic books and the movies that are based on comics. And I think that's a good thing. You know, I told people that I was going to be speaking with you, and so many people asked me to say thank you to you, to thank you for creating characters that spoke to them, to thank you for giving them an interest in reading. I heard that over and over and over. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Now, when it's all said and done, what do you think the legacy is? Is it the characters? Is it that you've got kids reading? What do you think it will be? Oh, I would just hope it's the fact that maybe I brought some enjoyment to people if they enjoyed reading my stories. I, I didn't go out of my way to be an instructor. I mean, the business about kids reading is interesting, though, because when I started writing the comics, I made up my mind that I would use an adult vocabulary and... I figured the young children would know what the words mean by the use in the sentence, or if they had to go to a dictionary and look up a word, that's not the worst thing in the world that could happen. Because when I got into comics, they was I felt they were so badly written, it's as though they were written for people who were illiterate. Mm -hmm. And that bothered me. I didn't want to be part of that. So I did try to use the kind of language and dialogue and, and that would um, be suitable for older people, but use it in such a way that youngsters could understand. Now, you started writing obituaries and press releases and things like that. What advice, then, would you give to writers, aspiring writers today? Oh, I'm not good at that. I see. I was lucky. But um, I, again, I would try if you're an aspiring writer. The thing to do, of course, is write. Right. If you can write yourself a book and send it to a publisher and hope he or she will like it, that's wonderful. But if you can't do a whole book or something of that sort, try to get a job somewhere where writing is important. If you could get to a job at a publishing house where maybe you become a reader or a critic or something of that sort and little by little get into doing your own writing, it's you've got to just look around. Me, I found somebody actually came to me from a hospital that needed a... Um, a publicity writer, which always surprised me. I thought, well, what is the publicity writer supposed to do? Tell people to get sick so they'll go to the hospital? But we, um, it was a job, and I wrote their publicity releases. And then I worked for, an, I got a job at a news service writing obituaries. And, you know, if you're somebody famous, even if you're alive, your obituary is already written. 
because they want to have it available when you die right away. So I was writing obituaries of people who were still alive, which got to be a little bit depressing. But it was a living, and I got experience in writing. So all I could say is, if someone wants to be a writer, just try to get jobs in areas where there's a lot of writing done. Your cameos in the films are legendary. Who would play you in the film that they make of your life? Well, let's see. Clark Gable and Errol Flynn are dead now. It would be pretty tough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'll I'll, I'll ask around and get some. uh, Perhaps when you're here in Toronto, if I see you, I'll I'll come up with some other. Maybe there'll be a volunteer. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, You know, the, the names of your characters, I mean, obviously, you know, for the last decades for decades we've been we've grown up with bruce banner and peter parker and things how did you come up with the names was and i've just noticed that alliteration seems important to you very important and it's it's because i have a bad memory (laughs) and if i could remember what one of the names was like it it was spider-man if i could remember his first name was peter then i knew his second name began with a p and it was easier for me to think of it and that's really the only reason i have a terrible memory for names and by putting the first and second letter making them the same i had a clue if i thought of one name i had a clue to what the next name was Now, in the 70s, the Comics Code Authority uh, refused to approve three issues of The Amazing Spider-Man that portrayed the perils of drugs. There were some problems with that. You published them anyway. Why was that important to you? And do you see these comics and a lot of your uh, work as being a way to um, address social ills and and, and have a, a look at society as a larger whole? I don't think you can avoid doing that if you're doing comics on a regular basis. The thing with the, when we did those three issues, the anti-drug issues, and they were anti-drug issues, but we had something called the Comic Book Association of America that was censoring our books, and they said, you're not allowed to mention drugs in your books. And I said to them, we're not telling kids to take drugs. We're trying to show kids how bad they are for them. doesn't matter. You can't mention drugs. So I figured those people were crazy, and I mentioned them anyway. And we got the nicest letters from school teachers and parents and even some people in Washington. So I learned that very often the people we think of as experts aren't always right. Would you consider yourself a a superhero expert then, or are you someone who just lets your imagination run wild and what you come up with is what you come up with? Oh, no, I'm not an expert of any sort. I I, I really try to think of stories that I myself would like to read. I try to think of characters that I myself would be interested in, and I think to myself, that I'm not that unusual. There must be a lot of people who have the same tastes that I do. So if I just write to please myself, hopefully I'm pleasing a lot of other people who, who enjoy the same things. And that's, I, I, in other words, I never try to write for a certain segment of the readership. I write for myself, and I hope that I'm not that unusual. If I like it, other people will like it. I think that might be the advice for the aspiring writers right there. Well, maybe. (laughs) 
And of all the characters that you've created, is it possible to say that you have a favorite? Well, people expect me to, so I always say Spider-Man, because yeah. that's what they expect. But I'm really not good at favorites. I, I really love them all. Yeah, and they have been uh, so popular again. There's been this resurgence with them. Uh, could you ever, in your wildest imagination, think that today, in 2016, that we would still be talking about Spider-Man, that we'd still be talking about the Hulk, we'd still be talking about all these characters. Is that Could that have been in your imagination at all when you first started working in comic books? Not at all. I, in the beginning, when I was writing these things, I was just hoping that somebody would buy them so that I could keep my job and be able to pay the rent. In a million years, I wouldn't have thought that I'd be traveling around the country talking to people like you about the comics or being interviewed about them or that people would be so interested in them. I mean, it's, it's incredible what has happened. Final question. I know I, I won't keep you on the phone much longer, but all superheroes have to have a flaw. And I wonder if it's if it's possible for you to say what yours is, and which of your superheroes maybe you you line up with. Wow. Or you could relate to. Well, of course, I think of myself more as Tony Stark because he's glamorous and intelligent and handsome and all that. <laughs> but seriously, um, I think there's a little bit of everybody in all of these characters. I think that's why. They seem to be popular because I tried to give them all hang-ups and some weaknesses, and that none of them are really perfect. So they're just like regular people, I hope. Right. And I have to tell you one thing before you hang up. Okay. I have really enjoyed being interviewed by you. You asked intelligent questions, and best of all, I don't hear very well, and I have often trouble hearing people on the phone with me, but you speak so clearly, I wish you would take a job as my official inquisitor. Well, <laughs> if that job ever comes up, I'm more than happy to fill the void. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Anyway, good talking to you, and good luck to you. Thank you, and, and right back at you, and, and have a great trip to Toronto. Thanks for being That was the great Stan Lee coming to visit at the House of Krauss. A real thrill for us. We kept it short this week. One interview, a quick in and out. I know you've got to run. You've got a class to catch. You've got to go buy fall clothes. You've got all sorts of stuff to do. So why waste your time hanging around here? Get out of here. Go get on with your lives. But be sure to come back next Monday. New show next Monday. We put one up every single week. Rain or shine. Snow or sleet, doesn't matter. Come on back. You never know who will stop by. It could be one of your favorite people.